0: Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Now, before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Attention Parents and Students. We have an incredible exclusive offer from our friends at ProPrep. This is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering or maths related modules. It can halve your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be addressed from any device at any time. It's already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and video tutorials and after the videos you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be hundred percent ready. You can even submit questions to the Pro prep professors and receive a video answer within twenty four hours. Pro prep created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, www.proprep.uk forward slash info forward slash football for more information and our listeners can sign up for a free thirty day trial now, no credit card information required. That's p r o p r e p dot u k forward slash info forward slash football proprep the ultimate study tool. Right, let's get into it then. It's been a while today. I'm joined once again by Chris. Chris, I hope you're doing well. Um, we're going to get straight into it by discussing the Champions League draw because what on earth was that Champions League draw? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever seen anything like that. I think. Um... Yeah, that <laughs> that first error, like something seemed like it was going wrong, and then, yeah, it just I didn't realize how bad it would be until afterwards, really. But um yeah, when when Man United came out against Villarreal, it was kind of like uh that's funny they've made that's a little mis- little mistake. Though <laughs> I'm sure they'll put it back in and get it right the next time. But no. <laughs> oh
0: God, it was just I actually couldn't believe it, and like. I genuinely thought Chelsea's luck was out. You know, after drawing Leal, I just thought there's absolutely no chance in the world that after the four teams we could have got, we got the easiest one on paper. Um, and we did again us and Leal, the only two sides not to change who they got in the draw. Um, and we've we've lucked out it, haven't we? I, I feel like we've gotten away with one.
1: For sure. Yeah. It's, it's like my clone said on BT Sport. If uh, the draw could go exactly the same way and that's, that is what happened for us like, obviously that could happen but uh, yeah we definitely were the most lucky out of, out of everyone in the hat I would say um, mm-hmm. I think the, the probabilities were that we could play Real Madrid most likely um, and Leo was far less likely but yeah to get it twice is a good thing <laughs> and um, I think we can kind of look ahead now in that competition that won't be too major a distraction come February
0: I'm just wondering, Chris, obviously the fact we got Lille twice is absolutely <coughs> hilarious and genuinely couldn't write it. But are we underestimating them a little bit? Because I don't know how much Chelsea will, Chelsea fans will have watched of their League 1 season. Obviously, they won League 1 last season and they have topped their Champions League group. So so they must be, they must be a very good side. And maybe we're underestimating them slightly. What do you reckon?
1: It's it's a difficult one. It's, it's definitely a toss-up. It certainly wasn't easy either time, um... Chelsea played them in the group stage a couple of seasons ago, um, especially away. But I do feel like it, they may, well, I can't claim to have watched a lot of them, but um, I think they have dropped off a fair bit. I think you will have seen mm. kind of circulating on Twitter and stuff that they're, they're mid table in, in League on this season and aren't, aren't doing particularly well. Um, but yeah, I mean, teams can have those seasons where. Uh, in the Champions League they're kind of like on top of the world but then domestically they're having an absolute stinker kind of like we were for the majority yeah, yeah. of last season mm-hmm. um, but that group they were in one of those weird groups where um, none of the teams really stood out you would have thought maybe mm. Severe would have won that group but a group of Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla and Wolfsburg like I don't know. And yeah, it, it, it could have been any of them coming top and second in that group, if that makes mm. sense. But I'm sure uh, Tuchel won't underestimate them. Obviously, he's got experience of playing against them in Liga, And uh, yeah, he's probably just about the perfect man for the job in terms of getting us through that one, I'd say.
0: And also, I think I saw a tweet yesterday um, about, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, they didn't want Bayern, they didn't want Real Madrid, and I was one of those people. But And I saw someone saying, like, why are Chelsea fearing anyone? But it's not the fact that I fear anyone, it's the fact that I want the easiest possible route to the Champions League final. I want to play the difficult teams as close to the final as possible. I don't want a Bayern Munich now, because to me they're one of the favourites for the competition, and they would have been our hardest opponents, and that would have been a really, really, really tough draw, and I just don't know if we'd have gotten through it, but... Um, now but it's just a case of you know it is important avoiding teams like Bayern Munich especially maybe not so much Real Madrid but definitely Bayern Munich you don't want to be playing them in the round of 16 do
1: you? No definitely not I think Bayern you would say I mean on paper probably the best team in Europe at the moment Um, and the the thing is I don't know if they've played anyone and that tough an opponent basically since they were knocked out of the Champions League last yeah. year by PSG. PSG um, yeah. That's the thing with the Bundesliga. Obviously, they're absolutely dominant there and they, they make everything look supremely easy. But um, I don't know if it would necessarily be the same in Europe. I know they beat Barcelona fairly comfortably, but obviously they're nowhere near where they were. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the game I'd like to see further down the line. I think I think we would have an okay chance. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say we were favourites. I think they would be. But um, I agree that with real madrid i would actually especially after last season i think we would probably have the edge in that tie. but mm. at this stage you, you don't want big risky matches necessarily i think that can wait till the quarters get get through this one and then yeah mate that's the
0: quarters that can wait till the semi <laughs> there, there is going to be there is definitely going to be some like not like rogue teams but some not so giant teams in the in the quarters mm. i'm hoping liverpool get man city i'm hoping like PSG get by Munich. Like that's what I want. I want Chelsea yeah. to just avoid <laughs> everyone until the final, which is pretty much what we did last year, yeah. to be honest. Um, but anyway, Chelsea have got Lille, um, play them in February, and it was a very, very good draw both times for Chelsea, so not complaining at all. Mm-hmm. Um, our form in the Premier League has been a, has been a little bit up and down, Krish. Um, we were... Would you say we were lucky against Leeds? Because... I, I don't know the first the first penalty I thought was a stone wall on, on Rudiger but the second one I thought was a little soft what did you
1: yeah it was soft it's hard not to give though I think but um yeah I mean you, you have to say there was a degree of luck winning with with two penalties and in the very last minute like that but um I thought overall we probably did just about edge it it was pretty even in the second mm. half, but um yeah I, I think it was just a matter of sort of getting the three points in the end there. Um it, it was really starting to feel like just one of those days when um the lad came off the bench and scored with his first touch. Uh but yeah we weren't we didn't play well by any stretch of the imagination. But um you do need that luck sometimes, especially when you're in a tighter race. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of normal. That that is the form we're in at the moment, but hopefully we're coming out of it.
0: I mean, if this is if this is a blip, I'll absolutely take it because in that in that blip, we've you know we we beat Watford and we played we didn't play very well. We then lost to West Ham again, couple of individual errors. We drew to Zenit, but actually that's hard that far. And we've actually been you know, leading. Then I'm happy enough with this blip. Um, and I think everyone says you, you've got to play. You know, the, a good sign of. A good sign is winning games when you don't play well and Man City only won one nil. Liverpool only won one They'll both through penalties as well so it's not, I don't think this is the end of the world, I think you're right, I think the, the getting the win was just the most important thing and I was two minutes away from being the grumpiest person alive and was just <laughs> going to tell no tell everyone I was with to just not talk to me for a few hours when I calmed down but it was fine in the end. Um, I want to talk about Mason Mount because um, I saw a stat yesterday out under 23s in the premier league he's got the most goal contributions um even more impressive i think given he didn't start a lot of the season he was um, rested and he was injured as well um he's up to his game hasn't he this year
1: yeah um i think his trajectory always suggested that he would kind of hit another level this year because he just was so consistent last season but um he's yeah getting back into that now i think yeah as you said he had his start of the campaign was sort of affected by outside things but um, yeah if he can save it if I saw a stat recently that um, if he in matches that he started we have like a, a ridiculous win rate in compared to those yeah. that he either comes off the bench or um, or it doesn't play at all in um, but yeah he, he just makes stuff happen doesn't he, he just get us about the pitch um, so much energy and desire the, the goal against West Ham was was unbelievable. Um, That's so really frustrating. That golden thing
0: uh, no, didn't mean yeah, anything. Yeah. No, so frustrating, and I, and I think this is a this is um, a really good example of his mentality. Was when he was asked about the goal, he said, "Haven't seen it back, but it doesn't mean anything." So, mm. you know, some people are like, "Oh, well, it's another goal I can add to that, add that to my you know goals and assists of this season." But at the time, he was like, "Now nah, doesn't mean anything." So, yeah, it was a good goal, but it means a lot more if it's a goal you know a game winning goal or a game yeah,
1: yeah. saving goal yeah absolutely um he can be a game changer and that that is the right mentality i guess especially when you're going through um a tough patch you need those characters to sort of haul you through it and he's he's one of those who definitely can um and obviously a scored again against leeds um mm-hmm. gets us going really uh so yeah we just need him to stay fit and obviously we're, we're so short in other areas that um his presence is even more important.
0: Even even if he drops back into and has to drop back into midfield um, and actually play as a centre-mid, then he can do that as well. Who else impressed you in, in that win against Leeds, Krish?
1: Um, I would say definitely Rudiger and Jorginho, obviously keeping his cool head, but um, Rudiger is obviously pretty key Honestly. to that, that win.
0: I would buckle. I would absolutely buckle under every bit of pressure. I don't know how they do it. Like I was, I couldn't, I couldn't even watch. Like I was literally, like had my head in my hands, like literally, like looking away as well. I don't know how. And he looked. He was like the coolest man on the planet.
1: Yeah, two really good penalties. Um, mm. It was a horrible game, really, wasn't it? It was just. It felt so high pressured, and uh, to me, just like it was so sort of like tangible that if we didn't win somehow win then we're just doing the same kind of uh annual cycle of having a rubbish rubbish Christmas and it's going to continue um but yeah I think that scoring that late will hopefully be a massive boost I don't think uh obviously we we've have we're having a good season it's still not a bad season just uh keeping on track makes all that difference I think um yeah. it's just so tight up there that that West Ham loss was costly, wasn't it? And we've sort of dropped down a bit, but yeah.
0: I think it's, yeah, you don't want to, City and Liverpool have done it before. You know, they, they've been at the back end of a season where neither of them could drop a single point and neither of them did drop a single point um, in like however many, like a ridiculous amount of games. So, you know, I saw a good, a good um, quote and it was like, the Premier League can't be won at Christmas, but it can be lost. Mm. And that's so true. You know, every point at this moment in time is so vital that you you drop you drop two points, and you're suddenly like four off city. And that's mm. that's the sort of you know how how quickly like things can change. So getting that three points is important, but we must follow it up um, mm. against Everton. Um, but I just on Chelsea's performance as a whole, what what is not what, what is not clicking? You know, Chelsea have have sort of pr- like prided themselves. On a rock solid defense, don't concede goals. I think that's eight goals conceded in like the past week or something like that. What, what's what's happening? What why can't why can't we suddenly not defend because we can defend? But wh- why are we suddenly leaking all these goals?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a weird thing. It's almost not just down to to defending. There has been some some kind of looser defending than we're used to. But I think also there's just the the individual areas that have somehow come out of nowhere and I don't know if that's just a freak or it happens because players lose confidence from seeing others kind of make individual errors. but is for example the two um against Man United and then against West Ham just mm-hmm. completely inexcusable really uh and no mm-hmm. no real reason for it and then and Mendy as well against um West Ham his his were kind of uncharacteristic um
0: I was I was actually I like, just thought Kepa had such a brilliant week again for the Leeds game you know I thought he put in a very 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 performance that I was wondering if you know because Tuchel came out after that West Ham game and said you know he, um, Mendy's just short, short on confidence at the moment um, but he stuck with him and, and he didn't have that much to do did he against against Leeds really
1: no didn't have um wasn't given much opportunity to allow the goal. He took a bit of stick for the penalty, but um, I mean, yeah, he started in his run-up. Yeah, he should have saved that. Yeah, but he would have, if he'd saved it, he would have been off his line already because he sort of went too early. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's just that classic thing. It was kind of a domino effect. As soon as you make one mistake, then you always kind of feel a bit rattled and like you could make another one. I think that's, that's what happened with him. But hopefully he'll kind of get Back into that early season groove, but um, yeah, I think injuries certainly haven't helped in other areas as well. And having the squad unsettled like that, um, and obviously, Tuca was, was very honest about dropping Christensen because, um, because he, 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 his agent had changed his contract demands or something. And that, that uh, as much as he was honest about it and upfront about it, I can't imagine that it didn't have some effect for the player well, yeah, and that's it, his colleagues.
0: Yeah, the, the defending for the Zenit, especially that, that game, it almost looked like Christensen was just a slight, a slightly distracted there for whatever mm. reason. Um, but also Rudiger as well, talking of contracts, um, he wants to be one of the highest played players at the club. Every single week, he's almost justifying why he wants that.
1: Yeah, um, it's a tricky one. Um, I know th- those demands is sort of meant to be as high as 400 grand or three to 400 grand um mm. and the argument of Rudiger is that if you take him out of the back three is he necessarily the same player I know he's he's great at what he does for us and um in that system yeah the desire with which he plays mm. and the, the aggression are really good assets but I don't think he's irreplaceable and if if he's making those sort of demands off the back of kind of granted like, yeah, a year of really good form and winning the Champions League. But at the same time, there should be, you would expect there to be some sort of like humility in there where he doesn't want to be paid, you know, like paid that much. Like, I think we can, we, we've we already shown this season that we can play rotated back threes and still, um, yeah, it'll be really solid. Um, I, Do you think he is important to that? Personally, I actually think Thiago Silva is maybe more important. And it's just a shame that that he's as old as he is. But um, if we could rely on him. Honestly,
0: (laughs) this Thiago Silva situation, I know he's going to extend for another year, which is the best news ever. Mm. Do you think, you know, without Thiago Silva consistently, Rudiger looks as good? What do you reckon?
1: Probably not, you know, but I think that could be said for any any centre back playing alongside yeah. a centre back that good. Um, he, yeah, Tiago is mm. sort of absolutely mind blowing seeing him in person play as well. Um, his reading of the game, his mm. <laughs> against West Ham, that two minutes where he scored and then the other end produced that block absolutely insane. Mm. And he, he, his pace is still really good as well. Like, he gets taken on, I think it was Dan James, I mean, granted, Dan James, not not the most intelligent winger, shall we say, but he's taking him on.
0: But he's very quick. He's yeah, very exactly. quick, isn't he? Exactly. That's the That's one, his one aspect of the game. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but Tiago Silva just still give it, gave him absolutely nothing, um, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, maybe if we're lucky, get one or two more years out of out of uh, Tiago Silva. And with Rudiger, like, I love him, but I think he's not irreplaceable. replaceable, and I think we now have the draw to replace him with someone equally good if not better or with the potential to be better which is kind of where Koundé is at in my opinion I reckon but yeah, yeah.
0: going to be an interesting few months I think um, obviously let potentially letting him go for free I think also people are forgetting how many injuries this side have had especially mm. in central midfield but because Chelsea have got such a brilliant squad no one's really batting an eyelid at it you look at you know the settled midfield of Liverpool's the settled midfield of of, of cities, and then our midfield that's been completely just like blown apart by by injuries, and Trevor Chalabert and N'Golo Kante were doing light work today, so that's good news ahead of a really busy period, but losing the players that we have, really important players, important positions on the pitch, that was always, was, was always going to have a, a negative effect, wasn't it? Yeah, I
1: th- actually, yeah. when you think about it, they've done really, really well. You, you can complain about some mm. of the performances recently, but the amount of injuries kind of across the pitch, literally across the pitch, um, have been kind of substantial. And the fact that we've weathered that, and I know the form has dipped, but um, you can't expect the world. And I think um, hopefully we're kind of coming out of it just as the first superior gets ridiculously busy. But yeah, you can't complain too much, I think. Um, I think I just read before we came on that um, Chilwell is, is back on grass as well massively good news and he could be back in january early to mid-january apparently so obviously that acl injury isn't as bad as as first thought um so yeah there there are suddenly positives kovacic is on the verge of coming back uh can say as well as you say so god yeah it will make a huge difference if you're just just saying those names the kind of importance they have to the squad and obviously Lukaku was out for more than a month as was as was Werner who looks really good against Zenit mm. I thought so there are there are positives yeah. and hopefully that is the worst of it out of the way because yeah I mean we had Rhys James playing in midfield Barkley players mm-hmm. who weren't expected to be getting games obviously we lost his cheek as well so yeah that instability hopefully that ends and we can get back into that early season groove
0: yeah, definitely. I never thought we would miss Terkovic as much as we have. Right. Like, it's just so frustrating that that injury happened when it happened, and then COVID as well. So that was a bit frustrating. And um, we've got Everton on Thursday. Um, this is a game that you just don't know what you're going to get with Everton. You know, they were brilliant, I thought, against Arsenal, but then they they lost away at Palace. Now on paper, we should of course win this game, but we've we've got a They can be dangerous at times, can't they?
1: Yeah, I think, I I don't know about you, I'd be way more fearful of this game if it was at Goodison Park, because I think we we always seem to struggle there. Some have, like, seasons where we have unbelievable matches there, and they're always really memorable, like the Mm 6-3 was it a few seasons ago. Um, But then others where we just go there and atmosphere sort of gets on top of us and we get played off the park. So I think Mm -hmm. the fact is that Stamford Bridge will will help us. Um, I watched... The Everton Palace game the other night, and Everton were awful. So you yeah. just hope that continues. They look like they're stuck in a real rut of not being able to put anything together. Um, and I mean, we'll if we'll need to play better. Than we're doing against Leeds, that's for sure. That potentially yeah. with with a few important players back, um, we'll have enough in the tank. Maybe get give a few more minutes to Lukaku. Um, who was obviously didn't start again against uh, yeah against oh god Leeds yeah so yeah yeah uh, it should be a win but it's it's never really an easy game looking at it on paper is it <laughs> no
0: never um but hopefully the thing is and and Tuchel makes so many changes doesn't he hmm. that sometimes it's difficult for players to get into like a rhythm when he just constantly makes six and seven changes for every game but because yeah. we've got so many games sure he will carry on doing that I'm sure probably Lukaku will start um, against Everton after that we've got Wolves Villa and Brighton um not the hardest of games but also potential you know a couple of tricky tricky fixtures Wolves playing really well um and also Aston Villa under Stephen Gerrard also playing really well so um yeah potential tricky tricky little set of fixtures but it could have been it could have been worse, couldn't it, over the Christmas period?
1: Yeah, I think um, obviously we had that really bad defeat. That was last season, so <laughs> it's weird. But the the, the fact no. these games, a couple of these games are away, make does psychologically make a difference. But and Villa Park, I feel like <laughs> historically we struggle as well. But uh, realistically, uh, um, those should that should be kind of 9.7 points, points of. If, if we have an off day in one of them. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it's all about uh, building the form back up. But um, it will be important because Chelsea have a really tough start to 2022, apart from the, the FA Cup. But I think uh, Liverpool, Man City With and Tot- Tottenham back-to-back. So they and really that, don't want that, to be that, out of it at this stage if, in case they drop points then.
0: That is the most frustrating, isn't it? You know, you look at the games that Mendy's going to potentially miss. I mean, mm. I think... At the moment, it looks like he's gonna be fit for uh, be here for the Liverpool game, but that might change. But then losing losing him for for um, for Man City and Spurs as well when we're potentially in a title race. And but the good thing about that is, you know, Kepper that was a really positive performance from Kepper, and he looks full of confidence. And it wouldn't surprise me if if Tuchel did chuck him in there for a few games over Christmas, just yeah. to sort of getting ready, so that you're just chucking him in for that Man City game. Um, at the Etihad, so yeah,
1: I thought they might, I thought he yeah. might have done that when um, l- for the Leeds game actually, but maybe he thought yeah. he was too physical. But especially after he played so well against Zernet. Um, I know he still conceded three, but he was probably our best player, um, which is typical. Yeah. yeah. So, before we finish, Olivia, I've got a question for you. So we just <laughs> um, just launched our. 2021 edition of welcome to world class which is basically where we try and find the five best players in each position uh, based on the past 12 months but also kind of more criteria going back a long way like reputation trophies international records stuff like that um yeah we're so just basically trying to work out a way of trying to define it what exactly does world class mean who qualifies etc uh so we've had goalkeepers already um and today is the second day and we're doing center back so we've had four slots taken up already um those are Virgil van Dijk uh Giorgio Chiellini um Ruben Diaz Wait but Virgil yeah
0: but Virgil van Dijk didn't play <laughs> in so 2021. He got Yeah, yeah so this is what this,
1: <laughs> this is what I mean so it it goes on beyond just this season but Overall, so
0: it's basically, like overall, who is not who's yeah. been the best center back in 2021 because Virgil van Dijk's played about 13 games this <laughs> season
1: 16, yes, uh, okay. 16 games in 2021. This is up till okay. November, by the way. So,
0: so we've got think, Virgil yeah, van Dijk. We're India.
1: still saying he's the best because basically he is the best, even if he hasn't played, yeah, okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's dubious. You're right, definitely, yeah. Um, anyway, so to join them, so so we have Virgil van Dijk, top. Giorgio yeah. Chiellini is second. Another controversial one, but obviously won the Euros. Uh, Ruben yeah. Diaz is third. Obviously had a very good year. Won the Premier League, not the Champions League, no. And then uh, Rafa Varane is fourth. Again, remember the history of the history
0: here. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I don't <laughs> think, I just don't agree. I don't agree with Rafa <laughs> Varane being fourth. I know Rafa didn't even win the...
1: Yeah. The first line here not is judging nowhere, 2021 in isolation, Rafa has not had a stand up year by his we own.
0: cannot. Okay, I'm I'm making a thingy to not change it to who's been the world class in 2021 because it's just in 2020 <laughs> like now this year who who are the best centre backs in the world? Fair but enough. Rafa I, I think to be honest, <laughs> you're asking me out of the out of Rudiger, Thiago Silva, Alaba and, and Sergio yes, Ramos, so who the that, that is
1: our vote for the for the fifth slot. To come fifth overall in the world ever but also in 2021. So it's it's a bit of both. But yeah.
0: Bit of both, but how have Rudiger like how's Rudiger not got in there and Thiago Silva? So like, Rudin, you're Rudiger making it pick is
1: just it's just this year. So you you might be thinking the same thing I was thinking. So Rudiger, as we said before, talking about his contract, it's it's been 12 unbelievable months for sure. Um he's definitely a top, top centre back. But that, that is the difference between like, yeah. How would you kind of call someone world class and call them a top top centre back? And was... did
0: like Chiellini even play that much through the Euros? Like, did he actually play every game for Italy during the Euros? I don't actually know. He I remember he came injury, on, didn't yeah. he? Oh no, was he, that he may
1: injured at the start um, or in in the middle somewhere. I think he was rested. Or actually, yeah, no, I remember because he was interviewed on the side of the pitch. Uh, I can't remember which game it was. He was injured sort of midway through and then came back. To be honest, is, yeah, it, it's, it's very, it very debatable it's, And obviously they I do. I it
0: to be honest. Out of those four, it's an easy it's easy. It's not even close. Like Thiago Silva is a hundred percent world. He has been for however many years. He's had an unbelievable season as well. So to add all of that together, no, Thiago Silva should have been in there ahead of Varane, <laughs> should have been in there ahead of Chiellini. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's had an unbelievable season. You've got to take into account his age as well. Like,
1: he's 37.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, how, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to get into it, but you've asked me a question, Chris. So, <laughs> the, the centre back I think should be the fourth in there is 100% Tiago Silva. Not even close.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's who I voted for. At, <laughs> at the moment, Rudiger is winning the, that vote, um, but Tiago Silva is just second but obviously still a good few hours to go um yeah it's go tu- and vote
0: for Tiago if you can
1: yeah there you go go and vote oh. that's live on 90 men's uh twitter channel right now so go and vote
0: which i'm gonna go over now and vote for tiago Silva <laughs> because he's been personally I think he's been the best centre back in 2021. If you're asking me, if we're just doing it on calendar year, you know, yeah, he was so good for Brazil as well. I know they didn't win the the Copa America, but they got to the final. He won the Champions League. He was absolutely brilliant
1: in that. Absolutely, so, I yeah. completely agree. So, yeah, Thiago Silva, where, where he must fall down is is um, having spent so many years in France. But that's all I can really think mm. of. Alaba, yeah, you know,
0: it's it is tough. It's tough. <laughs> it is tough, but yeah Tiago Silva has my vote right that's all we've got time for unfortunately thank you so much for listening if you could drop us a review it'd be very much appreciated subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard I promise you these pods will be coming back on a regular basis over Christmas time um because we have been a little bit slack recently but we are going to get back to it um and bring you regular pods um and so we will see you all next time here on wherever you may be